Good morning. Welcome to Drainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Okay. Hey, uh, we skipped last week. We skipped the week before. Yeah. It's been two weeks. Been kind of crazy in our world. We took 10 days to do our 30th anniversary, which um, for us is a true milestone because we were almost divorced. If you listen to our podcast, we shouldn't have had a 30th anniversary. Um, but it was a great, great trip. And I don't know if we're going to get into that or not, but I, I just, this morning, um, we've both done it in our marriage. Um, one thing that just keeps a, as a resounding gong in my head is sometimes we listen to reply. We don't listen to understand. And I had that situation happen to me this week to where, you know, um, I was telling somebody something, um, at the end of the conversation, I can tell you, they did not hear one word I said. They were, their brain had engaged the moment I started talking of dot, 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 whatever it was. I don't know what was in their brain, but I know in mine, whenever, you know, someone says something to me, it makes me go, huh? Okay. Well, I wonder well, you know, well, if this happens, then this will happen. And the whole time they're talking, but yet none of it's being acknowledged to me in my head. Um, and it gets to the point to where after I've thought about every possibility, what I'm going to say, how we're going to do it, what it may happen, and they get done talking, I truly only heard about the first 10 seconds. And, uh, We've had people that's worked with us before that does that, where once you say something, they don't hear anything else, um, which creates a real issue. Um, cause one thing I'm horrible at, and some days I'm better, some days I'm worse. Susan can probably give me a grading scale that I don't want. Um, is just listening, trying to understand, not fix just kind of trying to be okay with where they're at. And and for me, it gets to be a struggle because I go in fix mode, especially if I'm at work. My brain just goes straight to fix mode. At home, I think I do a little better because it's not already engaged to fix, but it's still hit and miss no matter where I'm at. Well, and I, I mean, I think it obviously it depends on the situation and 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 what's going on in in the moment but i think listening is definitely a skill that you you need to work on everybody needs to work on um because like you said um you've got things going on in your own head and then you know you're you ask a question or you're concerned about the person you're having a conversation with and yet um you kind of zone out um, and on the flip side of that, um, I had a situation this week that um, there was a friend of mine who needed to have a conversation uh, with her boss, um, and she had already played out the um, conversation in her head, knowing that the conversation in her head was probably going to be a lot worse than what it was actually going to be. And I think often at least I do, that is, especially in our marriage, when I need to talk to David about something or when I um, have something on my heart that I want to talk to him about, I 
play out the scenario in my head of how I think it's going to go. And so therefore, a lot of times I'll either not bring it up, I won't say anything, because in my head, I've already determined what he's going to say. Um, or if I do bring it up, it goes completely different and usually better than what I had in my head. And so, um, you know, most, a lot of people say that communication is the key to a successful marriage. And I agree with that. Um, but often, um, instead of just having that conversation, because I'm a people pleaser and the friend that was having to have a conversation this week is also a people pleaser. So, you know, we don't want, we don't do conflict and we want to please other people. And so, you know, we conjure up all these different things that could go wrong in our head. Uh, when in reality, if we just would have the conversation, um, that needs to be had, it goes much differently. And then you've released it. It's off your plate. Um, and like she, I texted her yesterday and, and just said that I'd been praying for her and that, um, and she said the conversation went so much better than what she thought it was going to. And so, um, I think just some of the things that, um, listening, um, and then just having the conversation because the conversation, you have to listen in order to understand and then reply. Yeah. No, I think, and the other thing though, that when I'm trying to gather my thoughts, so just pause with me for a moment. Um, <clears throat> some of the other things that we've done um, is Susan's has said, I'm concerned about telling you this, which puts me on automatic, you need to listen. You need to pause your reaction as long as possible. Um, and you need to try to hear what she's trying to say. And sometimes we have to give our spouse a cue that helps trigger a different thought process. Um, because we're all wired to where things automatically happen. When I say this, this automatically happens, or you say that, whatever. Um, but it, what's really helped me probably more than anything is when Susan says, Hey, I'm a little concerned in telling you this or some version of that. And, uh, it really probably 90, 75 to 90% of the time. It's like, Oh, that's no big deal. Yeah. That sounds good. And so it's really one of those things, you know, the story in our head Satan loves to get us to worry, be anxious, be fearful, be and and we create this in our head and really persecute the person and deem them as a bad response when we've never given them a chance. And and I think it's one of those things that it's it's a true learned behavior. It's not a automatic for any of us. Well, and a couple things that I, I just thought of sitting here is, first of all, you have to be able to, you have to want to have the conversation. I, I'm, I'm thinking marriage and, and a couple, and if there's a conversation that you need to have, um, you, you have to, 
You have to be engaged enough in your marriage and care enough about your spouse to want to have the tough conversations and then um, let the outcome, you know, the outcome's going to be what it is. And, and that's why I kind of preface some things sometimes with David, because in my mind, I've set up the fact that he's not going to like this or he's not going to like what I say or whatever the case may be. And so that does kind of give him a heads up and then he can kind of prepare himself for lack of a better word. Um, but he's also very responsive to that as far as, okay, well, I know she's getting ready to, you know, either lay something out or obviously she's going to say something that I don't want to hear. Um, but he's also very responsive to, well, let's just deal with it head on. And I think a lot of couples, they just don't want to deal with it. So, um, and, and there's a lot of couples that don't have um, the, I don't know if desire is the right word, but they just don't want to talk about it. It's easier just to push it aside or forget about it or think it's going to get better or think it'll go away um, instead of instead of facing it head on by having the conversation. Um, and another thing is, you know, um, in our Celebrate Recovery group this week, um, I just talked about how Satan is really working overtime in everybody's lives. And, you know, David mentioned um, that the devil just loves to create chaos. And, you know, it's so true. Wherever there is a um, any kind of foothold for him to kick in the door, he's going to take that opportunity. And um, if you are choosing to not have conversations with your spouse, then he's going to pounce on that. And he's going to, he's going to make you think that, oh, it's going to be so bad, or it's going to do this, you know, and so just know that um, what I shared in our group was just, you know, we all need to keep in mind that whatever's going on in our world, it's a, it's a spiritual warfare. And, um, so we need to just stand strong and just seek God's wisdom and, and in facing whatever it is we need to face and having the tough conversations that we need to have. Well, and I think, you know, there's a couple of thoughts that ran through my mind. Number one, if you don't talk about it, I can promise you it won't get any better. Right. No ifs, ands, or buts. And if, you're on the same team, then you're not fighting against the person. It's not a, a conversation. You know, when Susan says that, what it triggers in my head is she's concerned. This must be important to her for her to say this. And so it starts my mind on a different path where... A lot of times it's automatic responses. I mean, if you really think about it, when you have conversations, there's a lot of automatic things you do that you don't even know you do. And by her saying that, it pauses all of the automatic responses and changes to, okay, let's see what's really going on here. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the stuff, honestly, is like, yeah, no big deal. Okay. Um, but we're so fearful and, and again, when you do fear, worry, and anxiety, we're so fearful that we've already decided. And again, I'm, I know I'm driving this point home, but I want to drive it home for a reason. Mm -hmm. 
you are judge, jury, and prosecutor, and you've already sentenced them to be wrong before the conversation ever happened. And when you really, and I do it, don't get me wrong, I'm not, not this isn't the pot calling the ghetto black, I do it as well. Of if I say this, they're going to say this, and then this is going to happen, then it's going to make me feel this way or aggravate me or whatever the case is. And we've never given the other person the chance to even respond badly. We've just said they're a bad person. They're going to respond badly. So I'm not going to say anything. And I think if you really drill down into that conversation in your head, that's really what you're saying is they're incapable to have a conversation And then you go down this road of they don't love me enough to dot, dot, dot. They don't this. They don't that. You you create this story in your head that's not true. And then, again, we work with couples at different spots in our lives. and, And the biggest thing is you've determined based off the past that it can never change. And that's not true. It is true in some senses. I give you that. But if you've got a couple that's striving to work together, that's not going to happen. No, I would agree with that. And, you know, I'm thinking about um, a couple that David's working with the guy and I don't uh, really am not involved with the the woman as much. But I just think about, you know, um, when, how did it get from, you got married, you're so in love, everything's great and fine, to you want to get a divorce, um, or whatever the case may be, or there's an affair, or whatever. You know, how do you go from point A to point B so quickly? Um, and I think a lot of it is because, and please, I'm not saying all of it by any means, but I think a lot of it is because we don't tell the other person how we're feeling or how whatever there is that they're doing makes you feel. It's not right or wrong. It's just when you do this, it makes me feel this way. Well, they can't argue with that. Um, You know, and I I understand you throw kids in. I mean, we were there. I get it. I understand you throw kids in the mix and busyness and everyday life, but you know, you forget that um, there's conversations that need to be had and there's things of, you know, I feel like you don't spend enough time at home. I feel like work's more important than I am. I feel like, you know, whatever it is that has changed from when you first got married or even when you were dating, um, you know, things happen and circumstances come up Um, but the whole base of, and, and yes, people change. I've changed. David's changed, um, from the person that we, you know, fell in love with and got married to. But, um, hopefully nine times out of 10, it's for the better, not always. And I understand that, but, um, I think it's important to reflect on what's changed and whatever that is that's changed for you then trying to have that conversation with your spouse and saying, hey, we're at a point now that, you know, I feel like 
I don't want to be with you anymore is what I told David. Um, and I just felt neglected and I felt like um, I didn't matter. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, but I never, during the process of all of this happening, I never really shared with him what I was feeling or what was going on. So he was kind of clueless and thought everything was going great. Yeah, no, I was truly clueless. And, you know, I've noticed with guys a couple of things. Number one, um, a lot of times we reflect back and just say it's a bad spot. You know, it's not we're getting divorced. It's just a bad spot we're going through. It's a bad season. Um, you know, not all guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not painting everybody in this corner. But for me, um, I really thought, okay, it's just season we're going through. She's not going anywhere. We're going to work through it. You know, I just need to give her space and stay out of her way. And what I didn't realize, partly because of the non-communication, um, but partly because I didn't see anything bad happening. I, I I did not see, oh my gosh, she's, you know, if I don't respond or I don't do this, she'll leave me. Um, that thought never crossed my mind. And in my head, I'm like, I'll never leave her. So she must be the same, which is not true. But I didn't understand that at the time because again, I, I didn't was, was unaware, I guess. Um, some of it could be arrogance. Uh, she'll never leave. I agree with that completely. Um, some of it was, I didn't know there was a real issue. Yeah, we had some rough spots, but every marriage does. That's kind of what I chalked it up to. Not that we were in a desperately bad time until she told me. Then when she told me, I was like, holy crap. Um, I, I had no idea. Well, and I just think, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, how clueless. He's just clueless, you know? But... I never communicated that I was so unhappy. So it's not that he was clueless. It's just he had no idea because how would he? Because I never said anything. Right. And so it's it's easy for me to sit here and say, he's clueless. He should have seen all the signs. He should have read my body language or whatever the case may be. Or he should be thinking the way that I'm thinking because if he was in my head, he would know exactly how I felt and why I felt the things that I did. But he's not in my head. And men do not think the way that women think. I don't know if you guys, that surprises any of you, but it shouldn't. Um, we think totally different. We react totally different. Um, and so by me not telling him, um, you know, how I'm feeling or what's going on or why I feel this way or what, you know, just blah, 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 then he, it's not that he's clueless. It's just, you don't know what you don't know. No, I agree with that completely. And, and, you know, I look, we look back and base everything we do today off of what's happened in the past. Well, we had bad spots and then we had good spots. So my assumption was this was a bad spot that would become good given enough time. And, and again, uh, you know, 
I, and that's what I tell guys. What you did three months ago, would you have done when you were first married? Oh, hell no. It's until you ask the question. When I ask him the question, you can see the light bulb come on. And it's it's truly, sometimes we get in the tip for tat. You did this, so I'm going to do this. And, and we don't understand the destruction that's causing until it gets so far. And then someone says, would you have done that when you were first married? Oh, hell no. Hmm. That could be a problem. But they were such subtle changes along the way. It's kind of the old theory of throw a frog in a pot of boiling water, he'll jump out. Throw a frog in a cool pot of water and slowly raise the temperature. He'll stay there till he dies. And that's kind of the way the guys, not all, but I mean, I'm speaking from my story, not what what you're involved in. I'm, I'm saying, I, I, yes, the pot kept getting turned up on Susan. I didn't know the pot was getting turned up on Susan. I, I didn't know that there was anything going on because they were such subtle changes over the years. And we didn't deal with the changes, the trauma, the hurt, the old wounds that were still, after 10 years, wide open. No one dealt with getting the wounds healed. And so then all of a sudden you get to the point, it's like, I'm out. I'm going to find somebody that wants me or cares about me or whatever the wording you use in your head. And the thing of it is, it's not that I was looking for somebody else by any means, but they just happened to show up and somebody that paid attention and somebody that made me feel wanted, um, all the things that I felt like I wasn't getting from David, they just appeared, you know, and um, so I I just, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, uh, again, Satan's going to take opportunities and just kick in the door and he kicked it in really big time and I allowed him to. Um, but I think that, you know, the wounds that we've had either from our childhood or from early part of marriage or just from relationships that we've had, I think a lot of times, like for me, I think it's just things that happen. There's nothing I can do about it. It is, you know, I've experienced a lot of death in my life. All of my siblings have passed away. It just is what it is, and I can't do anything about it. What I don't realize is deep down inside, there is a lot of things that I either choose not to deal with or don't recognize that need to be dealt with. And so then there's little triggers when ever either David makes me mad or he does something I don't like or whatever well, because I haven't dealt with some of the loss or frustration or hurt or whatever it is that I don't recognize, that surfaces as non-communication. Um, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to do anything to make him feel bad because I feel, you know, it's so I think that um, dealing with the hurt and the wounds from things that we've experienced in life is really a critical part. And whether you do that through therapy, whether you do that just through, if you have good enough friends that you can have a conversation with, because 
When you bury it and hold on to it, it only gets thicker and thicker and thicker until it either explodes or you get depressed or whatever the case may be. Um, but when you release it by talking about it and getting out is when the healing really become, begins because you're not holding on to things that weigh you down. Well, and you brought up a good point subtly, and I'm going to drive the point home. Um, it's not about your spouse. It's about the stuff you have inside of you that is causing you problems. I'm not saying your spouse isn't making it worse or jumping on the buttons or whatever, but you notice if what she said was, you know, just like all being the only sibling left, you know, I don't understand that. I don't know what comes with that because both my sisters are still alive and she's got to work through that on her own, but I have my own baggage too that directly affects our relationship that it's not the other spouse needs to be fixed. The problem is you're the problem and it doesn't matter which side you're on, whether you don't communicate, whether you get angry, it doesn't matter the situation. It truly doesn't. Um, it is your responsibility to work through your baggage, not your spouse's to help you work through it because they can't. They don't understand it. That's the reason why good Christian counseling, I wish it was mandatory that everyone at 18 go through good Christian counseling. I know it'll never happen. I get that. But if they resolve some of their issues, marriages would last longer. Our problem in the United States, more than anything, is we blame the other one for our unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And our happiness comes from within. It does not come from our spouse. I realize our spouse can affect it. I do understand that. But me being truly happy has to do with what's inside of me, who I am. Do I know who God is? Do I know what his plan is for me? Do I know? And so when you take ownership of your own responses and don't blame your spouse for where you're at, then all of a sudden healing happens because you're working through your stuff. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, that that's a very good point is most of the time, at least in our situation, and I would be right. willing to guess in most, um, you know, the old saying is you hurt the ones that are closest to you. Yeah. Well, David and I live together. We work together. We're together a lot. And, um, honestly, I, at this point, I can honestly say I wouldn't want it any other way. But on the flip side, he's the one that gets most of my attitude. Um, I would say my mom does as well, just because she's the one of the closest ones to me. Um, but, you know, they're the ones that get the bad attitude. If I'm having a bad day, generally David's the one that gets the blunt of it. And it's, I would say, seven times out of ten it's not any, has nothing to do with him. Um, it's just something happened during the day that triggered something else that, you know, like today I'm really tired. I'm dealing with um, allergies, my head. So 
am I not at the top of my game and attitude may, something may happen that could trigger a bad attitude or grumpiness or whatever the case may be that really may have nothing to do with him, but he's just the one that gets the blunt of it. And we're learning, you know, we're 30 years in and we're in our fifties. Um, we're learning that, um, talking it through, taking, you know, a thing that David started is, hey, do you need eight minutes? And then you just spew for eight minutes without any response from the other person. Um, and you don't try to, you know, the other person doesn't try to fix it. He doesn't try to um, make it okay. It's just, again, it's that getting whatever it is that is inside out so that you can heal and move on from it. Well, in the eight minutes is a trigger to warn the other person, shut up and listen. Yeah. That, that's really all it is, is it's a way to make them aware that I don't need your help fixing it. I just need to spew. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, and I say this to, well, Susan, me and Susan's talked about this a lot, but we also, I've told other guys, you know, if you, if you believe the Bible and you get married and you become one, then the question is, are you fighting back to back against everyone, children, parents, the world? Because if you're not, then you're fighting each other. Because just like Susan said, I take out my bad day on her. She takes out her bad day on me. Yeah, they may have had a little involvement in it, but really it was already amplified. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing is at, at what point do you want to make a change in your relationship? At what point are you willing to be the bigger person, take the step, and go, you know what, this isn't all your problem, so I'm going to fix me. And if our marriage makes it, it makes it, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm going to do start working through my baggage. What you're going to find out, especially if you're the guy in the relationship, you start working through your stuff, everybody else will start working through their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just, as we wrap up, um, you know, the challenge for this week, I guess, would be, you know, have the conversation with your spouse if you need to have one, um, and really not if you need to have one, when you need to have it. And then also um, listen, uh, which is, again, I it's something I need to work on as well. Um, uh, but just instead of listening to the conversation that you're having in your head of how you think it might go, um have the conversation and listen um, to understand. Yep. Guys, we love you. I hate when people say this on podcasts, like and share. It aggravates me to death, so I hate saying it, but it is important. So you have a great week.